You are listening to OK Now Listen, a bi-weekly show where we chat about what's on our minds, what we're binging, and what's blowing up our timelines. I'm Sylvia Obell. I'm a culture writer, host, producer, and lover of Beyonce. And I'm Scotty Beam, a media personality, content creator, music enthusiast, and wing connoisseur again because this is my last day not eating meat. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back on it, Lord. She's back, bitches. I'm back. <laughs> back with your chicken. I ain't never left. Go ahead. Well, first, we wanted to start off by thanking y'all so much for all the love we got on our love episode. Clearly, many folks are familiar with the ghetto that is dating. And while I hate to see it, I love to see it. (laughs) Because I wish wish this wasn't so many of our truths. But... You guys made us feel like we weren't alone, and we're very glad that what we said was able to resonate and read y'all all at the same time. <laughs> yes, yes. Y'all shared some insight on how y'all managed to find love in this hopeless place, and we appreciate those as well. We really did. And, like, what's funny to me is, like, I know an episode is good when my actual real-life friends call me about it. Like, I had got so many calls from my girlfriends, from some of my girlfriends and their boyfriends (laughs) who were, like, Syl, let's talk about it. I heard heard y'all was looking for a real nigga was a real line I got from... A friend's boyfriend who was like, let's let's break it down. And like actually like affirming some of the things we said. I really appreciated the men who reached out to us, even on Twitter, whether it was about, you know, how we sometimes take for granted that men have low self-esteem, too, when it comes to them shooting their shots and like them feeling worthy of certain types of women and how some of the intimidation comes from that. All the way to men being honest about vibrator situations. Oh, yeah. I felt like I saw somebody tweet you, Scotty. No, Didn't men you were like, wow, I appreciate being you being honest. Talking about, you what know, you sometimes you got to use that as the assist. <laughs> like, you need that vibrator to, you know, get the job done. And you do. <laughs> so that, and also, shout out to, I just want to shout out to the snitches, too. The snitches <laughs> that sent this episode to my exes. I see y'all. <gasps> oh, yes, honey, it happened. I see y'all. I know who sent it. I got numbers <laughs> on your heads. Please don't go outside. What? That's all I'm saying. Something's wrong with y'all, yo. Wait. Of course. Yes, because as soon your as exes you said, hit you up about this? Of course my exes they hit say? me about this. They, I mean, what what can you tell us that they said? Because I'm sure there's a lot of redacted points. Oh, no. Nah, they were just trying to figure out, like, if who they were who? even in the conversation, who was who, um, <laughs> who was the cloud-ass nigga, that kind of thing. They were trying to figure out, you know, who uh, was actually they in to know it. what role they were. One of the friends who, like, you know, ultimately, like, dated somebody else kind of a thing. We and him actually had a conversation about this episode because we're friends. Like, we're so cool. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting to, like, even hear his perspective about, like, how it is so much deeper than, like, a lot of the things we even think. I mean, I still can't even account the amount of times I got that. Like, y'all are quoting me. Like, I'm Bell Hooks out here with this preferred piece over chaos. <laughs> that was <laughs> a great I, fucking quote, But I was girl. like, damn. But I, you know what's funny when people quote us on the show? And I'd be like, damn, I did say that, huh? <laughs> Let me write that for shit real. down for myself. Because soon, nigga, you're going <laughs> to see your own quote as a Twitter quote that won't give you any... <laughs> An Instagram quote on Facebook. It'll be everywhere else. Tumblr. It won't give you any credit. Uh, credit. Erasure. Just black girl mm-hmm. erasure all over Actually, again. they're going to take your quote and put it over like Jada or something or Will Smith, like they, what they usually do. Put it's it in It's going to be a Rumi. What's that guy's name? Rumi? Right. Rumi. Rumi. Banksy said it. Somebody Banksy said it. Said it. 
tell them it was me. Tell them it was me, y'all. Don't let it happen. But I, yeah, so I'm glad that we are all learning as a collective unit to prefer our own peace over other people's chaos. I love that as a unit, we are learning to, you know, try to create the homes for ourselves that we felt like we couldn't come home to. That was another one. I know a lot of you guys talked about how you were right there with Scotty about not learning to love with two feet in but only one foot in the door one toe Mm -hmm. in the door sometimes Mm -hmm. and another big Um, one was um about me seeing myself as a single parent yes and always visioning myself as that never thinking about you know co-parenting or even like a full family like a marriage you know what i'm saying A, a couple having a kid and taking care of it like i've never even thought about that so for so many women to reach out to me publicly and privately um, mm-hmm. I appreciate that so much. I appreciate the support. Yeah, thank you for seeing me, and thank you for yeah. seeing us. I appreciate and feeling that. seen by us. I think it makes us feel like okay, being because being vulnerable is not easy, y'all. It is not easy talking mm-hmm. about you know abandonment issues and all that shit. Like I'm not used to that. Like I said, I'm a journalist trained by training, so like I'm used to being the interviewer, not the subject. Um, so you guys really made us feel like it was worth it to bear our souls in that way because it made you all feel, help you all heal, and that means the world to us. That's honestly what we. They ask us who we, what we do, and who we do it for. It's this, it's and that. That's the so, reason. and that's the reason. Thank you. That's the reason why we do what we do, for sure. So and you. we will. All the men who have submitted themselves <laughs> as options. We will be interviewing you before. We're, we we should do that. We should do some interviews to make sure we get the right person. Some prereqs. Um, because um, some of y'all niggas not ready for this hot seat. I'm going to be real. Y'all talking all cute on Twitter and on Sylvia's text. Mind you, none of my friends text me like, nigga. They knew. They said, nah, I'm good, bro. Bro, I, I got know. texts. I got voice notes. I got calls. I got FaceTimes. All Mm-mm. that first day, I was like, damn, damn, Mm-mm. y'all. But we're yeah. going to give the men a chance to stay their peace. We're, we'll figure out a time to do a part two. We just got to find a few good men the and right, know how long right that one. can take. The right <laughs> one. Facts. So until then, let's move on to our check-in for this week. Scotty, how are you? Oh, how are you Sylvia, doing? Sylvia. Summer, we are like halfway through the summer. We are still in the mm-hmm. house, but things are slowly starting to open back up. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm having a hard time knowing. Like, everybody's, like, on phase four and five and shit, and that's dumb. I'm, like, on phase one and a half. Like, okay, let me step out my apartment, but where are the safe ways to do that? I'm on phase, nigga. I don't know what to do because (laughs) phase. Because what I see on Instagram is that niggas are outside. They are way outside. like, when I talk to other people, like, privately on the phone or whatever it's different niggas like i've been inside i've been this so i'm like i don't know what i'm supposed to do i don't know what's safe anymore um i saw that you was out here you know in the park i saw sylvia in the park i did drinking wine was that wine was that that a wine bottle um i was drinking a lot of things this weekend (laughs) i'm not going home with you okay (laughs) so i'm like which story did you see i was drinking champagne i was drinking my cousins gave me wine in a can for the first time i'm actually with that movement the beer drinkers have had it good with the portable alcohol like they sell wine in cans now like it's beer but it's wine it was really good Um, so yeah I I was drinking a bunch of stuff this weekend because it was my last weekend in Brooklyn so like I was just trying to 
say goodbye to a few select people in the safest way possible. You know, so I had some friends doing stoop visits because I'm still not letting anybody in my house. No shade. <laughs> I'm just trying to stay alive. And, so, and mind <laughs> you, it's not stoop visits because some of them don't even get to the stoop. They've been standing, standing out on the, the sidewalk <laughs> while she's standing on the stoop, by the way. It's that not did no happen. They did that. So either it was that or, you know, there's a park nearby a small park not like central park or prospect park because even those got too many people in it for me i'm mm-hmm. looking for the smaller neighborhood parks in brooklyn mm-hmm. and like you know i had a picnic where my cousins had their blankets six feet away i had my blanket six feet away and we talked um and then one of my homeboys came to see me i have another like some other people coming like you know but i'm trying to do a one-on-one because that's like right. to me when it looks the most unsafe where it's like when you get too many people, it's hard. Y'all y'all lying when y'all like, yeah, we're being safe. Y'all have y'all mask on for that one photo and then that's it. Like, right. you don't have your mask on the whole time. People want to hug you. People want to shake your hand. It's just, it's just so many things. So I just feel like in my paranoia and just my mental anxiety and safe mind is like, I just need control situation where it's me, one other person. If that means I have to, you know, just hold court on my suit while one-on-one comes by mm-hmm. to say hello, then that's, that's what I'm going to do. But that's the furthest I've gotten because y'all have still not gone to get anything done from my hair to my nails to my toes to all the other stuff y'all doing. I haven't gotten on a subway. I haven't gotten in an Uber or Lyft, nothing. But you... Did go venture out and get something done recently. So, oh girl, I what made you feel safe wax. about that? I went to go get a wax. I couldn't do it no more, y'all. I cannot. <laughs> There's nothing. <laughs> this razor to the vagina action is just not my favorite. I can't do it anymore. I felt like you know, and then when I stopped doing it, I felt <sighs> like a like I was like Foxy Brown or something. Like, I couldn't. <laughs> And I couldn't put it all in the panty. Like, it's just too much. Wait! It was too much. It just is too much. There was not a panty that could cover the whole thing, bitch. I had to wear a boy short. The boy short was the only thing. All my skimpy ass, whole ass panties could not keep it in check. So I was like, you know what? I got to take the risk, guys. So I went and got a wax. That was funny to me. Sorry, that was funny to, to me. I'm to not you. Your hair grows more than my, abundantly all over, so I'm not used to like what that looks like on the body hair thing. That might be TMI, but my body hair thankfully goes very slowly, Mm-mm. so that hasn't been. That's one of the few things I don't have to worry yeah. about. No, but my hair. Grows. I feel like it's been a so long since I got waxed. I don't even remember what it feels like. Anymore. I almost knocked this bitch out. You hear me? I almost put <laughs> hands on her because I had to tell her too. I said, "Hey." She said, when's the last time you shaved? I said, about a month and a half. So, which means my hair follicles is doing the heel toe and everything. My hair is literally everywhere. They're growing from different parts. Everything is just uneven right now. Nothing is balanced. So, I needed her to handle me with grace and care. That bitch did the opposite. Like, I laid on that table and balled up my fist she said you all right i said i don't know <laughs> do you want to see the hands do you want hands one of, feet? Us, one of us ain't gonna make it through this way. facts i don't know and you, know, you gotta be. do the butterfly i've been clamping her i almost clamped her hands with my knees oh I said, what are you doing it hurts so bad and i can't believe i let it get that far you know, I, I'm all for normalizing the fro, normalizing the hair. <laughs> Yo, going. I'm not doing this with you, bro. I'm done. I'm done. I don't 
got it, bro. I don't have it in my heart. Like it. <sighs> and I <sighs> shit. I almost stopped her in a minute. Have you seen Forty Year Old Virgin? Yes. <laughs> when Steve, Steve when Carell. Steve Carell does. <laughs> yes. And he stops in the middle. He's like, you know what? That's enough. <laughs> I'm good. And he was bleeding on his nipples. Nigga, I was dying. That's kind of how pain. I feel like you. That's how I feel like I felt my very first wax. And I feel like it's gonna, it's right. been so long that that's how it's going to feel again. So I don't know. This is one of the reasons why I will say this is one pro to being single during the quarantine. Ain't nobody seeing me anyway in that way. So right. I don't really got worried about it. But you know it what? Trim. It's not even a him thing. He don't care. As long they usually as we got don't. the hole, it's there. But <laughs> if, if the hole's there, he's there. Everything. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's about me and what I'm comfortable with. And I'm just right. not comfortable with that. Me. You know, my hair just prickly. It's just too much. Um, but I felt like I was safe again. I don't know what phase I'm in right now, but I just I'm trying to do and be this best I can be, <laughs> be as be safe as I can be. I can be. Um, because right now I'm going through a stage two of like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm still in what the fuck is going on. I'm still trying to figure out where my job is, what my job will be, and also mm-hmm. like I want to get out this house. It's summertime. You, you finally are ready to. You finally start crazy because I feel like yeah. me and you have done a good job being okay in the house. Like we've been right. chilling. I feel like I we've been doing a great job, and then like now I'm realizing that it's almost the end of summer. You know, <laughs> it's like the middle. But yeah, Shit, like, it's about to have... be the end. I like September. Like, September ain't no fucking. That's that's damn Maybe near weekend. in the middle of fall. <laughs> Um, you wearing leather jackets in September. Okay, but, all right. You know, I just I I had so many plans, and I know we say that every episode. <laughs> I had this plans. Just, you had. We should have like a sound button that's us being like, I have I plans. plans. You, you have, have plans. plans. We have plans. So many plans, and I'm I'm just getting antsy. I'm getting antsy, and yeah. Uh, the more antsy I get, the more frustrated I get, and I don't like feeling frustrated. That's when I can't think clearly. So it's yeah. been messing me up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think that wax, you know, brought, brought me you back to my back place to for a little bit. <laughs> you're, you're back home for a while, resting up. Right. Um, <laughs> well, good to know, good to know, good to know. Yes, good to know. You know, I really did enjoy those stoop visits, even from the people who stood on the sidewalk while we had them, because it just felt really nice to be poured into by loved ones, by black women, by my tribe. Um, And that's a feeling that I feel like so many of us are missing during this quarantine and months of isolation. And I also felt that way during our interview with Nia Long um, for this episode because it really did feel like a homegirl, you know, just dropping wisdom on us and making us feel like she was pouring into us and like telling, you know, and building us up, but also like putting us up on game all at the same time. Yes, Nia Long definitely dropped some gems on us that y'all are definitely going to appreciate. And I'm actually going to be changing my twitter name to one of those gems so you gotta listen out because you're gonna know which one it was which <laughs> yeah definitely adding it to my twitter bio <laughs> fact in some way or form so we are here with the i think i said like the nia long like what you you know who you know who she is like, we know who she is, and we're honored for her to be here today to talk to us about her new Netflix movie, Fatal Affair. So let's get right into the girl talk. 
Let's get right into it. Go ahead, Scotty. Take it away. Well, first, Nia Long. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> first of all, yeah. So we're it's a pleasure to even be here with you because, I mean, just look at the material. If I'm just looking at you right now, I just, you're the icon for me, you know, so I, I love you. For us. But for us. <laughs> but talk to us first about Fatal Affair. Um, what about this character were you most intrigued by? Well, I realized that I had done just about every genre in in with my body of work, and I'd never done a thriller. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is like, this will just be pure entertainment. I don't have to do any deep, dark study into a character. It's just be in the moment, act afraid. And I ne- I've never had to be terrified in an, in a scene. And when I think about my body of work, I've never had to play into that in a way where it felt believable. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the main thing was that the script landed um, in my lap and, and I read it and I thought, okay, there are a couple things I would change and, and add to the story. And I decided well, if I'm going to be a part of this, I'm going to ask for a producer's credit. And that's what I did. So they said, yes, I became a producer. We changed the script from an all-white script to an African-American cast. I called my friend Omar Epps. I said, Omar, you have to say yes and do this movie with me. And we are going to, you know, give our loyal audience from the 90s something to be excited about and also inspire the new generation of, of, of young people who are, you know, out there in the world figuring out who they are and where their voice lies in this, in this pandemic and in this fight for social justice. And um, so th- there were a lot of, it wasn't just about the movie and the job. It was about, here's my first opportunity to be a producer. And I did it in a way where it wasn't just a vanity credit, but I actually worked on the script. I helped with the, I mean, pretty much everything. I, I really got a taste of what it means to produce a film. What is so important about making sure that actors fight for that producing credit? Why is it important to have that? Many reasons, but I would say the first thing that uh, a producer's credit um, affords you is the ability to have your opinion respected. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to win every battle, but oftentimes actors, especially black actors, come in with a set of ideas oftentimes to a set that is a predominantly white set. And there's just certain cultural things that white people may not understand in the process. So we come in saying, well, this doesn't work and here's why. Right. The credit is also about the longevity of one's career. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing this a really long time, but I still have to work my ass off. I still have to ask for what I want. I still have to stay, say no and stand in my no in a very strong way. I still have to remind people that work with me and for me my value. And I have to say, I'm not taking scraps because I've never taken scraps. And I won't start taking scraps as I continue to grow and mature and age in this business that is a, you know, a sexist industry. And so it gets harder. It doesn't get easier, but I'm not, my job is to focus on me. I can't worry about what the world tells me about turning 50 and what that means for my career. I can't think about that. I have, my job is to change that narrative for us as women 
and especially for us as black women. So if I can be a part of that change to catapult my career in a way that's different from what we've seen in the past, then that's going to help the next generation of women behind me. And I'm not, I'm just stubborn. And I'm just like, Good. if you ain't with me, then you're against me. And then if you're against me, then please just move out of the way. Yes, yeah, I mean, it reminds me of one of my favorite quotes, you know, well-behaved women seldom make history. So be, stu- you know, be stubborn, stand up for yourself. I, I love that. And when I started in this business, you were expected to be well-behaved. And so, you know, people would say, oh, she's difficult. Oh, she has mm. too many opinions. Oh, she's, you know, too particular in the hair and makeup trailer. Oh, she doesn't, you know, she's not, but the one thing you can never say about me is that I'm not kind. Mm. And to me, kindness is a reflection of what, who you really are. Mm. The rest of the fluff is managing the things that don't service your life. Mm. Right. That's real. And that's that. And if you were a man, it would be a different narrative, but that's a whole different topic. So, but we hear you. And honestly, I think there's a lot of women who, especially as right now, we need to hear that. And that reminding of like, you have to be your own, like just the person to fight for your right. Yeah. Yes. You know, we, I've been on an, uh, you know, there, there are beautiful, strong women in this industry who do stand up and who do stand up for themselves and have a voice and who represent us well. And I'm not going to not do that just because I'm afraid of the consequences. Mm, Because if I keep doing it, the idea that I can be a bedrock for change, then that's what I'm, I'd rather do that than worry about the negativity and the fallout. I'd rather have a little fallout and create change and progress than to do the other thing. It could be very terrifying, though. You know, as somebody who has the biggest mouth, which is me, um, (laughs) will speak out without, you know, thinking about it because I want people. I just don't like the silencing of black women. I don't like any woman feeling like they need to be silenced, silent over any issue, anything that they went through, any experience. So, like, I decide to do that. But with that. comes the consequences with being called a bitch, with being called, you know, difficult with being, you know, losing opportunities and tons of things like that. And I know a lot of women that come to me and say, I don't want to lose this opportunity. I don't want, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, men to not want to work with me because unfortunately there's still big heads in these offices. You know what I'm saying? So I think sometimes it could be very, very, terrifying for people and I like to talk to people about that too. Listen, I understand that and I relate to that in a huge big way and I think a a lot of times our tendency to speak out and speak up is it comes from a place of frustration because of our experiences and that frustration turns into anger. That anger comes from basically our feelings being hurt, right? So what I try to do is look at every situation as this. What do I want to get out of this? Hmm. What do I need to get out of this moment? Is this moment the moment that I'm going to speak up? Or is this the moment where I'm going to take notes? Hmm. 
So we just have to get to it. And I have, trust me, I have cussed out so many people and told them, if you don't get out of my face and no, I'm not doing that and no, I'm not wearing that. And can you please fix my light? And I'm sorry, this script doesn't make any sense. And PA, if you knock on my door for the 10th time, I'm never going to open the door again. And, that, and that's that. And I think also part of that, what you're talking about is confidence too, because you've had, you've, you talk a lot about having discernment over the kinds of roles you say yes to and what you say yeah. no to. And, you know, usually black folks were made to believe, especially black women, that we take what we can get and we're just lucky to be here. So like, I also, while we're on this topic, want to ask you, where did you find the confidence to assert yourself and be your own advocate? At what point in your career did you feel like you really were like, you know what, this is where it's at for me now? I received so much love at the beginning of my career. And what people don't understand is my desire to be in this business was more about surviving to create generational stability and wealth for my family. It wasn't about, I want to be a star. I watched my mother who had two master degrees unable to get a job and we lived in South Central LA after Brooklyn and after Iowa and I watched, you know, her struggle as a single mother and I was just like there's got to be more to life than this and I had a talent and I used that talent strictly for to get out of South Central LA really and then I fell in love with what what I what I did and what I do. And so now it's like, oh, wait, God really used me to open up doors and to kick down doors and to be a voice for us and to have, you know, a brown skinned woman and a woman in front of the camera when there was only a handful of us working. And then I had to embrace that. And then the career started to grow. And then I had to grow in, in front of the public eye. And I wasn't really allowed to learn certain lessons behind closed doors. And I just always had a very unrealistic idea. And maybe I shouldn't use the word unrealistic. Here's what I'll say. My idea of what I deserved based on the work and my commitment was very unrealistic for the times mm. that, I, that I was working in or the conditions in which I was working under. Now that I'm a woman and now that the world has changed and now that we have women like you out there in the world supporting us and talking about it and being fearless, my work is not in vain. Because I was you during a time when I couldn't get on the radio and talk about what you're talking about. So if, if what I was criticized for and if what I was in many situations, you know, like you said, missed opportunities. I don't know if they were missed opportunities or blessings, right? That's it. that part. But whatever I went through is, has given you guys the ability to do what you're doing, then I'll take the hit for you. I'll take the hit for y'all because that's what we do. No. That's what we do. And it doesn't have to, have to necessarily be something that you and I talk about. That's God, mm -hmm. that's the alignment of pushing things forward and that's the alignment of survival. That's the sisterhood of black women. And if we just pay attention to it, we end up actually learning so much more about why certain things happen to us and what our responsibility is now. When do you think that started for you where you started to grow your faith? 
if I water it, I treat it well, it will get to where you are right now. Because I know there's a lot of people like, how do you reach this level of faith? Oh, you got to ha- you got to be broken. Right. There are times in my life where I felt super duper lonely and super duper like nobody understands who I am and nobody people think I'm, you know, one thing when I'm really not I'm so far from that. I'm actually quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had to learn how to express myself in a way where it wasn't emotional. Right. I mean, we can, we're naturally emotional. Right. I'm an artist where, you know, we, we are emotional because our life has been emotional. How can we Hello. not be emotional beings, right? Shit is fucked up right now. Shit is crazy. I mean, like, like right now. Like right now. The world's on fire. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? What's going on? Mm. Those are times that you got to get quiet. And when you just when you feel like you're about to give up and you're just like, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to stop acting. I'm going to go be a school teacher. I'm going to study to be a therapist. I'm going to go to Jamaica and live in a little freaking, you know, <laughs> that's my dream, by the way. Okay. I love it. I, I love the escape plan. That's first. A plan B. That's when you know big change is coming. And I tell you, be specific about what you ask the universe for, because when you are really ready for it, it's going to come. Mm. Mm. So make sure what you're asking for is what you really want. And be specific. But I said, and be specific. Don't say, oh, my God, I want a man. You need to say you want someone this height. (laughs) You want him to have this type of sense of humor. You want his penis to be like this. Sky, don't hurt yourself. (laughs) Very specific about that because you can have the full package and then it's like, oh, no. I I knew I forgot something. Damn. I knew I forgot something on that list. (laughs) (laughs) Dick got to be bombed. Sorry. You need to say, man, because when times get rough, I need to be able to go back to that and know that everything is all right. (laughs) It's a foundation. Rock. That's it. (laughs) That's it. To bring it back to the movie, because I know, like you said, everybody in the room is like, what's happening? (laughs) I I love that you mentioned that you you were like, I want to bring Omar Epps onto this because he you've had, in my opinion, the baddest legacy of like by baddest I mean the best of like on screen love interest like when you look at the lit like the material is there i'm like if he's fine he's been opposite me along and it's just been a great thing to see so um what made you want omar specifically and what was it like reuniting with him like 20 years after in too deep i feel like even yeah yeah omar has a very his eyes are like very piercing and they're very mysterious and i feel like he's always played the good guy and I think every actor, I that's you know, I've never gotten to play that like crazy lady character. I cannot wait to play Ooh, that. Do it, that's, <laughs> do it. That's what I want to play because that is just like, because you know, I got some things to get off my chest. <laughs> it's gonna be thick, it's way, very good for me to get it off that way. Um, but I just thought that he he could do it. I wanted to, you know, give my girls, my fans from the '90s, and the women who have supported and lifted me up and who have grown up with me, I wanted to give them something to, you know, be excited about to see probably their, you know, young girl crush Omar Epps starring opposite maybe their their girlfriend in their head. I don't know. Yeah. I, I hope to be that for some of us. And 
Now um, you know. Now you know damn well. Please talk <laughs> you about, are. I hope. <laughs> fan. There's a lot of other folks out there who, you know. Yeah, but there's a lot of Nia Long fans. I can I can sit here and count the rap it's songs cute. that it's mention wanting Nia Long. Yeah. <laughs> Mad songs, too. Rap song. Oh God! Speaking of exciting your longtime fans, we can't go any further without talking about one of my favorite movies. A movie I talk about in almost every episode almost, of the show. Almost every episode, you know, every single episode you bring it up, <laughs> every single one. So I'm You're right. so happy. You're right, and thank you for giving <sighs> me another excuse. Love yes. Jones. Absolutely. Love Jones. We love it. I love to see it. I love to talk about it. Are we getting a sequel or what, girl? I feel like you and Lorenz have teased it. I've seen like a couple times, like I love the BT Awards moment. I love, I've seen a couple tweets where it's like, what would you guys feel like if there was a sequel? And every time my heart swells up and I'm just like, what is it like a, a Hollywood studio issue? Do I need to write an email to somebody? Like, I just need to know. <laughs> I wish it was that. <laughs> you know what? I don't think there's going to be a Love Jones sequel. I really just don't think that's going to ever happen. I mean, and the reason is, is there's rights issues, there's studio issues, mm. there's budget issues. I'm not going to make a movie if you're giving me $5 to make the movie. That's real. We because, don't want it to be a bad one. That's real. No, we don't want it to be bad because some things, in my opinion, should just be left as is. Yes. The, 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 when that film came out opening weekend, our movie only made $9 million. It was considered a flop. And that was like, oh, the studios were like, oh, yeah, no, black romance. Nobody cares about some black people, you know, doing poetry. It was before its time. Now spoken word is like, you know, amazing. It's, it's so much a part of who we are. But what happened is the film became a cult classic. And, and that to me is more valuable than anything because it's the type of film that will be used in theater classes and in cinema classes mm -hmm. to educate people on filmmaking. Every project, almost every project that I've been a part of has serviced something bigger than my self gratification mm -hmm. and my goals. It's for the culture. It's yes. the directors. And, and that's also why I don't tolerate BS because a lot of these folks that are making moves are an extension of what somebody else established and what John Singleton established, I established it with him. So when I see another filmmaker who is blessed enough to have an opportunity because of that, but they're really not that creative and that good, I'm kind of like, mm, you just got lucky. Mm. Mm. Or when I see producers that are being you know, used or picked as the black producer in Hollywood, I often sit back and say, well, what are you doing for the culture? Right. Are you doing it to make money or are you creating art to push us forward? Yes. There's a big difference. And the careers that are being used to push the culture forward are the careers that have longevity. They're not building a legacy even, yeah. Like, you've built a legacy. I think that's really, like... Even like we like you said, like we, this podcast is to some extent an extension of that because yes. like, you know, a lot of us didn't even, when it comes to even representation, a lot of us didn't even see ourselves like I, until oh. it was the Nia's, the Sanaa's, the Jada's, the Gabby's, yeah. you know, like you guys showed us that we can be on screen, you know, so that's real. Yeah. That's really and real. have heavy duty conversations with you about our experience because 
I'm not separate from you. We're an extension of each other. We're 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 meant to to lift each other up and inspire each other. And you're I'm using your platform to talk about my film, and my platform was used to create the reality that what we have to say is important, and that there we we do support each other, contrary wow. to what they try to say about us. Right, Sylvia. I think we should play the game. We should play the yes, game right we now. Want to, we want to spend the last five minutes. We have a game, so we'll see what your reaction okay, to this is. let's do it. So, you know, as, as a leading lady, you've had your fair share of romantic relationships on screen, like we mentioned. And so we want to yes. play a game where we name the, the, the couple characters, some of those relationships, and you tell us the first thought that comes to your mind about that fictional couple that you were a part of. So first, Lisa and Will, Fresh Prince. Friends for life. Friends for life. That's cute. Like, Go ahead, like Sylvia. Friends for life. Okay, Malcolm and Sherry, Big Mama's house. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just laughter, honestly, because that was so me and Martin laughed the entire. <laughs> every time I would, that was just pure. I love Martin Lawrence so so much. Like I think he is a comedic genius. I think what he did for the culture is amazing. But I, I, I just pure laughter, pure joy. Okay. Nina and Darius Love Jones. My favorites. <laughs> Kissing in the rain. Oh. Kissing in the rain. Yeah. That perm stayed. Had, like, it, it, was, it was thorough. That perm. last scene of the movie, that last shot of the movie was fucking everything. Mm. I didn't need to see the movie. I was like, that last shot. Beautiful. We never saw a, bl- a black man and a black woman kissing in the rain where she got her hair wet. What? It hadn't. It didn't. It had never happened. It was urgent yeah, as a motherfucker. Exactly. It was urgent as a motherfucker. Hello. It needed to happen. <laughs> that's how I knew she. That's how I knew she loved. That's who that says it's urgent <laughs> as a motherfucker. That's gonna be my and my fiftieth birthday gift to myself. Hello. It's urgent. It's urgent, and that's how I knew she loved them. She said, "You know what? I'm gonna mess my hair up to have this conversation." Hello. Not every man hey, <laughs> Okay, Brandy and Trey, Boys in the Hood. Scared to death. First movie, young girl, didn't know what I was doing. John Singleton was amazing. I knew we were doing something important, but I was afraid. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, my first movie, am I doing it right, am I good? So yeah, I was young, I was so young. What I love most about that relationship between Brandy and Trey was that it was young love, it was fresh love. You know what I'm saying? You got, it looked like it was young love and it was love that could actually last. Like yeah. in college. Like I really believe that they went to and Atlanta. And it was good love. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But it was the, it was, you said hood love or good love? Yeah, hood. It was hood it was love, like- but it was hood love, the, the good girls of the hood, hood, hood love. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. They got out the hood. hood They got out the hood. They got out the hood together, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And went to like Morehouse and Spelman and like stayed in Atlanta and had a little Shout out to the AUC. (laughs) Right, 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 right. All right. (laughs) Harper and Jordan, best man. Uh, Oh, that was like, I loved playing Jordan. I loved Jordan. Because she was boss chick and that was like, we shot New York City and her wardrobe was good and my hair was on point and I was feeling very, I was going through a horrible breakup with my boyfriend at the time. Um, Chris Weber was my boyfriend at the time oh. and I was madly in love with him and we just couldn't figure it out because we were too young and he was too rich and had too many women. Whew. And, but I, 
I just remember going, this is going to be a good movie. Yeah. I, I, I do believe that Harper and Jordan do belong to be together. We're you know, justice for Jordaners. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Justin. <laughs> justice, justice for Jordan. Jordan. Justin and Jordan make a way better couple, in my opinion. I don't know. Yeah, Harper That's and Jordan was, was the cute. I like that couple. Just throw it yeah. Go ahead. Thoughts. <laughs> Lemon birds. Soul food. Uh, my favorite. <gasps> Cola in the building. Cola. <laughs> Cola. Yes. They call her Cola. He came to the door and called her Coca Cola. <laughs> Because hmm. she's shaped like a Coca-Cola oh bottle. Coca-Cola <laughs> bottle. Ugh. Listen, that was a, um, what'd you think of that relationship? I, I love, I mean, listen, I love all my men. Mackay Pfeiffer's a great actor. I will tell you, though, the, the night where we had to shoot that, um, the dinner scene, we had to pass around the food, plates of food to get every single person's coverage. Mm. I was like a bad child. I was like, if you pass me this fucking chicken. <laughs> like me and Makai, we were having our off camera arguments because that was my first time I had ever done a dinner scene. And there are like 10 people at the table. Wow. So you don't know where the camera is, right? right? And, and we were so new that we thought we needed to do everything off camera the exact same way, which you really don't have to because right. it's over your shoulder onto the other person. So they don't see if you're pa- and Makai kept doing the whole action. I said, Makai, the, the camera is way over there. They are not seeing you pass me these <laughs> Giving his all every shot. Every pass. And doing the exact potatoes. same thing. And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least. Jeffrey and Myra in too deep. I liked my hair in that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was curly, right? It was like a curly situation. It was like a twist, curly, naturally. Yeah. It was pretty. I liked my hair in that movie. I need to watch that film again. I don't really remember it, to be quite honest with you. That's fair. I, I was just talking about how much I liked it. That was like LL Cool J peak LL um, yes. undercover situation, but yes. Mm. Absolutely. <gasps> but Nia, thank you so much. Hi, girl. You guys are so cute. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm going to be listening to you more often. Thank you. And I appreciate your time and uh, keep talking. Keep talking and keep knowing that even if they don't hear you, I hear you and eventually everyone else will. Aww. We just have to keep standing in our truth because that energy is what catapults the culture. Thank Amen. you. We're going to definitely keep talking because, you know, Nia Long said we extensions of her anyway. So we can't stop. You ain't going to shut right. us up now. Sorry, right. guys. We the extension of Nia Long. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you what? I love you guys. Thank you, Nia. So I appreciate you. You're welcome. Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye. All right, now is the time where we put y'all on to things we enjoy in hopes that you can enjoy it too. Sylvia, what are you recommending this week? All right, y'all. I'm back with another Netflix show. Shout out to the sponsor and all that. (laughs) Say I do. I have been crying. I have not stopped crying since I came across this show. And I mean crying in the best kind of way. This show, it's a reality show about each episode is a couple either redoing the wedding of their dreams or getting it for the first time. Like, they all have, like, these emotional-ass backstories (laughs) where, 
you know, whether, you know, relatives died or, you know, they had to, like, take people in or, like, you know, just you name it. There's something that happened that got in the way, but they're just these good people. Each couple are, like, just these two good people who just needed a little extra help to get what they deserve for being such good people. If you like shows like Whose Wedding Was It Anyway or, um, you know, all them TLC Say Yes to the Dress type stuff. Like, I love Say Yes to the Dress. <laughs> this is the show for you. Here's the thing, though, Sylvia. Question. Huh. Would mm-hmm. you... <laughs> <laughs> I get nervous every time she Could does you it. I got PTSD. control? Who? I mean, well, who are you talking to? I'm not the exactly. person. No, I'm talking to Sylvia. <laughs> what I'm saying is, could you have your husband literally do that for you? Would you be okay with your fiancé planning the wedding for the both of you? Without your input, <laughs> you just see your face. <laughs> Without your input, but he's doing it from you know this, the 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 romantic part of his heart. He's trying to do this for y'all. <laughs> he is. He is. Could my you imagine that? My imaginary fiance is trying to do it for us. He's trying just, to do it for y'all. And I Would just you don't be down. <laughs> it, here's the thing. Probably not. But here's the thing. <laughs> to be honest, I have a hard time imagining. Even though what the perk here is that it's a bigger budget and it's not our money. So there's things to weigh, right? It's like, well, A, we would save a lot of money because Netflix would pay for it. Right. B, I wouldn't get until 24 hours before. Because they do let the brides hop in in the last minute when they find out that it's happening. Last like, two days. And like, I know, it's stressful. Yeah. I would be very, it's not, it's probably not for me is the answer here <laughs> in this situation. But maybe if it was the, like for some of the married couples, it's their second wedding. Like something happened the first time. I think if I had already done one and tried and failed, I would be okay with this. Like you know, like in the first episode, it's like if they're renewing their like it's not. Nah, nigga, their let first me try wedding. again because I need to get it right. <laughs> I need it to be my. <laughs> like you try. Like I wouldn't be okay with it happening the first time, but maybe mm-hmm. if it was the second time, I'd be like, mm-hmm. you might. Okay, Shit. sure. If your fiance would have <laughs> called me and said, "Hey, I have this plan," I said, "Don't do it." I would immediately be like, "Don't." <laughs> let me tell you something. This I'm is thinking the wrong about submitting idea. this. I'm thinking right. about submitting this. I'm thinking about submitting what do you myself, think? you know. What do you think? Don't do it. That's what I'm thinking. Immediately. Don't That's do fair. it. Abort. Don't do it. Quickly. It's like, he's going it. to be like, she watches these shows and cries all the time. So I she think she would them. like it, right? It's like, no. Absolutely not. She likes it for those people. Not she don't for like herself. it for her. <laughs> those are the facts. <laughs> what about you, Scotty? What you got for the people? <sighs> what I got. Let me tell y'all something. <laughs> Let me tell you what I don't have. Any more edges. <laughs> Leanne LaHavis, who told you to release an album after five years mm. and drag me? <laughs> you don't know me. Like, that's first. I- I'm sorry, this is not to anybody else but Leanne. Leanne, you don't know me like that <laughs> to read me like that in an album. The album, guys, and I'm talking about is Leanne LaHavis. It's called Leanne LaHavis. Her pen game is insane. You know, like, it is... I, I appreciate the five years that she took now. I get it. Because I think she had time to experience. She had time to, you know, feel. And, you know, it shows. You know, the material is there. Just look <laughs> at it. I am very... Please listen to it. It will read you. If you're ready to get read, too, you know... Some people aren't aren't ready. And I think I wasn't prepared for that type of reading. 
until like, well, I wasn't prepared for it, period. But I was crying <laughs> while listening to it. And I was like walking the streets, looking regular, <laughs> like a regular person, <laughs> walking the streets. streets. You and the streets. <laughs> I heard paper thin and I had to sit down and cry. <laughs> Honestly, I, I bawled listening to that album. I'm like, who gave you the right? Honestly, man, who who gave you the right to read our diaries, all of them, and come out with an album from it? I'm like, did you break into my home and pull right. out a page of my journal when you wrote these songs? Like, right. And then she has like this voice of an angel, and it's just playing this beautiful guitar, and it's just like, how dare you beautifully read me? How is it like be- so beautiful and shady at the same time? I don't. I don't know. She rolls her her sleeves up and gets into it like. Uh, weird fishes. Mm, please don't make me cry. It's, the, it's like a, it's like a challenge because I'm like, well, bitch, you're making me cry. What you mean? Please don't make you cry. I just the time she put into this shows. It shows, and it is reflective. I think on a lot of us. You know, it 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 reflects a lot of her words bounce, and also observe observe everything that I have been feeling. So I think it's just like. Thank you. That was what I need. And I think it's, for me, the album of the year. I don't need to hear no more. Oh, I'm good. Already, huh? Oh, no, already. I've, that slapped me in my face. That I just me feel in my like, face, I man. feel like black women in music have been keeping us fed this quarantine. They really have. Because, honestly, I love Kalani's new album. I love mm-hmm. Janae. Just, and then Janae just hit us with a deluxe. Now, yes. You know, Leanne is doing this now. Um, there's just so many. You Summer know, Walker. Beyonce and Meg gave us stuff. stuff. Some, Summer gave us an EP. Yes. Like, they've been keeping us fed. And I'm thankful. I'm yes, really thankful um, that they have had me and my feelings this whole time. Tiana Leanne, Taylor. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. Tiana, Tiana Taylor's Taylor album is came actually out really good, too. With it's really delivery, good. With delivery, sis. So, Lots yes. of tracks. So, yes. Leanne is keeping the momentum. You know, she's keeping the collective foot on our necks in that way. And I'm I'm thankful. I'm full. Yeah. I'm full. I am more than full. And I am gracious that we have artists like her who can literally speak for us. And that's, that album spoke for me. I don't think I need to speak anymore about how I feel. I can just give them songs to listen to, which is what I've been doing my whole life. So... I appreciate that. I will always champion great music. Um, and I think you should too. So give it a listen. Tell me what you think. Yes. And show love. Buy the album. Support her. Yes. Yeah, so shout out to her. It makes me happy. It makes me smile. That's what <laughs> made me smile this week. Um, so I hope it does the same for you. And you will cry, ho. So get ready. Grab the tissues. I'm suing though, because I need my edges back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's our show. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in once again to our shenanigans. (laughs) (laughs) Our show is a production of Pineapple Street Studios in partnership with Netflix and Strong Black Lead. Shout out to our team. Executive producers are Agarena Shashagre and Jasmine Lawson. Our lead producer is Jess Jupiter and our music is by Amanda Jones. Special thanks to Max Linsky and Jenna Weiss-Berman. Make sure you share your thoughts with us on the episode using the hashtag OKNowListen. Follow Strong Black Lead on the socials at Strong Black Lead. And follow us too. I'm at Sylvia Obel. And I'm at Scotty Beam. Until next time, folks, stay blessed.